and welcome to Rhythm Church. If you're in any need of prayer, our team is available to you at any time. If you'd like to get connected and know more, click on the links below. We hope you enjoy today's message. It's so good to be with you this morning. And uh, we come from uh, an old farming community south of Brisbane. We're about halfway between Brisbane and Gold Coast, Eagleby, Beanley. It's one area. And um, and we just we just love it there. I love it there because there's still cane farms at the back of the back of the uh, suburb, but uh, uh, it's almost just an extension of Brisbane today. And uh, there we are. We're in our 20th year of serving there. We've been in uh, full-time ministry for over 27 years. Uh, you might look at me and think, yeah, that's about right. But you look at Michelle, you'd wonder how. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, we're just so thrilled to be here. Uh, it does our heart good to see a local church. We love the local church and believe that's God's plan for the planet, bringing people together relationally and spiritually and building something that will have impact far beyond our, our little bit that we can bring. But you know that sense of synergy when you add something, it just releases another dimension. And uh, so that's what's happening in this place, whether you realize it or not. I want to speak about miracles again. I, I, I really believe miracles still happen. I, I've, I've seen too much in my short life to think that miracles don't happen. I've, I've been around people that will, would say that miracles are in the past. That was, you know, even uh, theologically say, well, that stopped. There was a point when that didn't happen anymore. But I've got to tell you that I've seen too much. I, I've experienced too much. Uh, miracles still happen. I, even I was, I've been at the birth of my, we've got three children, adult children, our youngest is 18. I was at the birth of those children. And I've got to tell you, I was a younger man and it was like, wow, this is amazing. This is a miracle. This, and you know, and I just remember the wonder of, of those moments when I held my first child for the first time. I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, all the emotions and, and all those sorts of things. And, and, you know, the definition of miracle is simply this. So I've got a couple here from different dictionaries. It says, extraordinary and astonishing, astonishing happening that is attributed to the presence and action of a divine power. Another one says, um, an extraordinary and welcome event that is not explainable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore attributed to a divine agency. Now, these are secular definitions, right? I, I, I want to remind you, just stir your heart afresh, that miracles are, are normal in the kingdom of God. It's abnormal in the kingdom of God not to have miracles because God is a God of miracles. He's a God who is so much bigger, so beyond our way of thinking, our, our understanding. His ways are far beyond what we think are the ways. And so he is able to do uh, Ephesians 3.20 exceedingly above, beyond whatever we could think or believe for, ask for. It's, God goes way beyond that. Can I remind you this morning, the, the Bible states that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, just the way you are. You, you know, it's like it's an incredible thing that God would create us. Because Psalm 139 says he formed us in our mother's womb, in that place of seclusion. And it's like, you know, sometimes we just, it's like, God, why do you make me the way I am? But it's, 
Every person on the planet is just incredible. You know, as a pastor, I often get to do funerals for people. And it's like, you know, it sounds stupid, but I love funerals. And the reason I love them is because I get to hear a person's story. And often it's not until at that point that all the stories come together. And, and I, just, I just love being with families. It's, it's not easy, but I love it because it's incredible when you hear the story of every individual. Because everybody's got a story. Like Rhythm Church. Your life matters. And it's amazing. See, one of the problems we have as people is that, you know, I remember those moments of, of incredible joy of the miracle of, of a child, but then, you know, you got dirty nappies. And then you got, uh, you know, attitude from teenagers. And then you got, you know, all the stuff that you go through and you forget me. You forget the wonder of the miracle. And it's so easy. You know, I recall when I first got, uh, gave my life to Christ, I'd grown up, uh, mum and dad used to take us, we'd drive into town, uh, you know, 20 to 30 minute drive on Sunday nights. And I liked that because when we went to church, uh, you know, maybe my mates wouldn't see me because uh, I just grew up ashamed of Christianity. And, and it was like, Oh, God, forgive me when I actually in my early 20s came to Christ and surrendered my life to him. The joy, the wonder of that moment, because I've got to tell you, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. The Bible says that when you invite Christ into your life, you go from the place of darkness into a place of light. From You're translocated. It's like, What? Well, it's, it's something, you know, for me, a lot of ex- life experience happened. I, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. My brother laid hands on We didn't know nothing. We are just hillbillies from the, uh, from the bush. We were. I used to get a haircut twice a year whether I needed or not. It was like, you know, I, I, we all had beards. You know, I, I was, I farmed for years. And it was like the, the Holy Spirit just moved into our lives. Uh, we used to, when we... So I farmed with two other brothers and my dad for a number of years. And it was like, you know, when, when we all got saved. We all got, you know, bought into the kingdom over a period of a couple of months. And, and it was like, w- before we started work, we'd be up, you know, with daylight and have a coffee. And we'd all read a Bible and we'd pray together, my three brothers. And it was like, other people used to come along and say, man, this is like being at Bible college. I didn't know what Bible college was, but it was just, we just had this thing going on where we're just hungry for God, hungry for God. And uh, it, was, it was marvelous. But, you know, as time goes on, you forget the wonder of the miracles that took place. And I want to stir your heart afresh to believing for, seeing for, and receiving miracles in our lives. Amen. Whenever a miracle takes place, it points us to Him. You know, when a miracle takes place, I mean, there's nothing. You know, I, I just, I pray, sister, that that really ministered to you. But, you know, I don't, it was like, this is the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God moves, you can't dispute it. There's, you know, you can push back against it or you can believe it. Can I encourage you to believe for miracles? 
I never want to become uh, so adult that I'm hard and hurt and cynical and, and pushing back against what the Spirit of God wants to do in our lives. Unable to see the wonder of life. So God, keep me soft before you. Keep me humble. Keep me surrendered to your Spirit because I just long to see people touched with the power of God, with the Spirit of God. In Luke chapter 7, John, uh, John the Baptist sent he was in prison. He sent two of his disciples to Jesus and say, are you the one or should we, we, we be looking for another? And Jesus said this. He said, hey, tell John the lame are walking, the blind are seeing. Um, go back to, to John. Tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. That's the kingdom of God. That's the essence of the good news, that there's miracles for us to grab a hold of in Jesus' name. See, the kingdom is here now. The, The kingdom came with Jesus thousands of years ago, but it hasn't shifted. The kingdom is here, and it's here now. We, we, you and I can walk and live in, the, in God's economy, in God's kingdom, even when we're within this spirit of the world. But, you know, within our natural lives, living in a community, wherever we are, but within that, it's wheels within wheels within wheels. God is able to enable us to live as Christians with believing for miracles despite all the stuff that goes on around us. Amen? I can't say this Japanese word properly, but kitsugi, where God takes, God takes, which he does, he takes broken things and, and mends them together. But this is the Japanese form of taking broken pottery and gluing them together with gold, precious metals. And it's like, it's an art and it's beautiful and it's worth more than the original piece of pottery. And, uh, you know, I've got to tell you that God is able to do that. He's done it in my life. And, and it's like, man, I'm just, you know, for me, um, saying I'm a hillbilly, I'm not exaggerating, all right? And, and, you know, if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. He's not a respecter of person. He loves each of us incredibly so much that he wants to, take us and, and he takes our brokenness and our, and our failures and our disabilities and, and, he, and he just, he moulds that with gold to make something worthwhile, yeah, something beautiful. Can I take you this morning, and Pastor Murray, you need to tell me when I need to stop, but in Luke chapter 5, I, I want to read this passage to you, uh, a recorded miracle. And one day, Jesus was teaching. You know, one day, the gospel always talks, often talks about one day. And, uh, you know, we tend to think that one day just falls into the next to the next. But there are days when God does something in our lives. You know, you can sit in church for weeks and months and it's like, well, I'm just being faithful. I'm just here. And when you keep positioning yourself in the presence of the Lord, one day, one day, and there's, when I look back over my life, when I kept positioning myself to be in his presence, I've had many one days. There's been many days that God has just touched my life and changed me from the inside out. So one day Jesus was teaching that some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. 
You get the picture? It seemed all these men showed up from every village in Galilee and Judah, as well as from Jerusalem. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of teachers, religious know-it-alls, uh, and the Lord's healing power, I want you to get this, and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. So the anointing of the Holy Spirit was strongly, powerfully upon Jesus. In fact, the Scripture says, without measure, the Holy Spirit was upon Jesus. Yeah? So he's, and some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat, and they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't. Because there was crowds everywhere. There was people hanging out the windows or doors. They couldn't get anywhere near Jesus. And so they just took him home again. It doesn't say that, right? They, just, they, they couldn't get to Jesus and, and, uh, because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took some tiles off. Now, have you ever shifted furniture in a two-story house? Or we're through a, a you know a three-story uh, walk up. I mean, I hate those stairs when you're shifting furniture. It's like, but here these guys, they just go up, took the tiles, and they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Now, you know, I, I love uh, using imagination around this, but I've never been in a place where you start playing with the ceiling and dust doesn't fall. Stuff doesn't come out of the ceiling. It's, oh, what the? Didn't know that rat was up there. There's, like, there's stuff. There's stuff in the ceiling. And yet, Jesus just kept speaking. And they lowered this man down right in front of him. In verse 20, it says, seeing their faith. So he saw their faith. He wasn't the man on the mat. It was their faith lowering him down. I, you know, they got ropes from somewhere. I don't know. There's nothing too hard for them to get him into the presence. I don't know about you, but I love having mates like that. Yeah. You know, I love being in a church where people have got your back. I love being where, you know, they'll go the extra mile with people around you. It's just amazing. And, and the Pharisees and the teachers, they said, oh, sorry, um, Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. So all the people around him, the, the Pharisees, they say, who do you think you are? And it's like, what? But they don't say anything, they're just thinking it. That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. The penny doesn't drop. If God's the only one that can forgive sins, then hello. <laughs> Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easy to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. It's amazing. You know, sometimes in the life of church, I've been in church for a long time, sometimes people take this scripture wrongly and they get offended and they pick up their mat and they go home. <laughs> it's like, God, help us. 
In verse 25, it says, And immediately as everybody watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. Amazing things. We've got a lady in our church. About 12 months ago, she was diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer. A little Filipino lady. And it's like, you know, you get that verdict, a lot of people just crumble. She's just... Uh, about two months ago, went back to her oncologist and, uh, and the oncologist says, oh, you don't have to come and see us anymore. You're, you're completely free. And, uh, and, and the doctor says to her, I don't know what you've been taking, but whatever you've been taking, keep doing that. And this little lady says, I've been taking the word of God. I, I'm, you know, I speak the word of God. And I've got to tell you, she's just a little lady, but she is strong in the Word. And she's strong in the power of God. And just incredible. She's a walking miracle today. And because, you know, all, all through that time, I mean, we had COVID, you know, as church and people were wearing masks, you know, back last year and everyone was coming to church with masks on. This lady was doing chemo. And I used to say to you, you know, it's okay. You don't have to come to church. She would always position herself in the house of God. She'd wear a mask. She wore a scarf because there's no hair, all those sorts of things. And it's like she would say, I'm pressing in. I'm not going to stay away. I'm not going to back off from the presence of God. I'm, I'm going to keep speaking the word. I'm going to keep believing. I thank you, God. She's seen a miracle in her life. See, I look at this passage and, and, you know, right at the start, it says the power of the Lord's healing was with him. But no one got healed. No one was being healed at that point until the man come down through the roof. What's the difference? You know, I've, I've, been, I've been with people when I've sat and thought, don't know about him. Don't know what, whether he, what he's saying is right. And while I've had that critical spirit, I've got nothing from that person. Nothing. And I've had the Holy Spirit. I remember being at Bible college, I don't know, 30-something years ago, and it was like, you know, I remember one guy came up from Sydney, and he's like, he's not my style. He wasn't hillbilly, you know. It was like, uh, so it's like, and I'm young in my faith, and oh, man. But by the end of the few days, I'm starting to warm up to him. He's, you know, I'm resonating with him. And I was, what? the Holy Spirit slapped me. It's like, Come on. Come on. You're going to receive anything. You've got to be, have an open heart. These people, they didn't receive anything. Remember the woman with the issue of blood and she just said to herself, not to anybody else, just to, if I can just, just touch the hem of his garment, if I, if I can just get close enough to him, I shall be healed. And boom, and, she, and Jesus stopped because he felt virtue or the power flow from him. The anointing of God touched to life, healed. And she knew it immediately. Incredible. So can I say to you this morning that, that we need to be, be people that position ourselves to be able to touch the hem of Jesus' garment, to absorb it. We need to be open-hearted to receive from We need to be faith people. And this is the main point I want to make this morning. 
know, there, there have been times, sorry, I'm, I'm digressing from my main point. I want to talk about faith in regard with believing for miracles. But there's been times in my life when I've allowed self-pity to grab a hold of my heart. I've come from a very broken place. I had to leave my, I lost my, I lost everything in life and walked off my farm with $98,000 worth of debt nearly 30 years ago. And the Holy Spirit had to teach me, train me, and get me out of my feeling sorry for myself. Taught me to praise Him very early in life, in my Christian walk. But you know, when, when we allow self-pity to, to get a hold of us, self-pity never comes alone. Always comes with depression and negativity. But whenever that's in my heart, faith is not. We need to understand that. You, you, you see, if we're going to be faith people, if we're going to see miracles in the lives of people around us in our own lives, or if we're going to be people that let someone close into Jesus, we're going to be people of faith. Because there's no way that you bring someone to the presence of God if you're not believing they're going to be touched. Yeah. So I want to stir you to the miraculous power of Jesus Christ. You see, I understand from Scripture, Jesus didn't heal people in his own, from his deity, from his godness. He, he was uh, at his baptism when he rose from the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And he, that's when his ministry began. He started to minister life and love to people at that time. So he, he doesn't, in fact, Jesus said, you know, it's better if I go away because when I go, I'll send the Holy Spirit. When he comes upon you, you'll do more than what I've done. Greater things will, will you do. And it's because it's the Holy Spirit upon him that caused miracles to break forth in his ministry. And it's the same Holy Spirit that lives in us. So here's some points. How am I going, Pastor Murray? I have no idea. Oh, there's a clock. Which one is it? <laughs> Number one, faith does whatever's necessary. If we're going to see miracles, we've got to do whatever's necessary. These people climbed up the steps, broke through the tiles, let him down, and they saw a miracle. I get so encouraged from this because that means that I can be a catalyst for someone's else, someone else's miracle. That, that motivates me. God, I want to be all I can be for you so others can receive your touch. I know what it's like, but it's not enough. I don't, I don't want to get to heaven thinking, well, I'm okay, it's fantastic. I want to, Lord, I, whatever I can do, can I help somebody else know what I know, to feel what I feel, to enjoy the life that you give me? So in that context, what do I need to do to deepen my relationship with Christ that I might be a catalyst for someone else? Are there things I need to let go of, do? What, what is it? Because I don't want to be a Pharisee. I, I don't want to stop people. I don't want to stop miracles. I want to release miracles. Amen? See, faith says I'm going to get into his presence. So they go up on the roof. That's audacious. That's bold, bold faith. Rhythm Church, bold faith. It's like God. It's out of the box faith. Because it's their faith that sees him might get healed. 
Can I just say it's much easier today to get people into God's presence than in Jesus' day? Because Jesus was one man. Holy Spirit upon him. If you want a miracle, you had to go to Jesus. Well, we're living in a whole realm, a different dispensation of age when the Holy Spirit's been poured out upon all flesh. And we can get into the presence of God now. We are. Like, can I just encourage you? All you got to do is take a step. Holy Spirit. All we got to do is get, have an open heart. Here I am, Holy Spirit. You know, there's nothing but I love. I can, I can't play guitar. I can make noise on a guitar. But I, I love getting on my guitar and, and just me and nobody else down in my study downstairs, shut the door and just, Lord, I love you. My heart sings. And just worship him and feel his presence come. And it's there that I am who I am, that God's created me to be in his presence. And that's who the real you is too, when we're in his presence. You know, the further we are from his presence, the less us, the less real we are. Because all this other stuff starts coming, speaking, causing us to, you know, those emotions. Like when, but when I'm with close to Christ, when I'm, and, and he's as close as that, yeah, he lives in us. When I'm aware of his presence, I am who I am to be. Because there's audacious faith, there's, there, there's strength, there's praise on my lips, there's when I'm close to him. Can I encourage you? Faith says I'm going to get into his presence. Faith in God releases authority. There are many times over my Christian walk when I've, you know, been disappointed, when I've, when I've just struggled with things, but it's like you've got to get back to that place. For me, I've got to get back, and it's no different for you. You've got to get back to that place of faith in God, and then you can start to declare and speak those things that aren't as if they already are because God responds to faith can I just say this this morning God doesn't respond to need think about it for a moment if God responded to need the world would be different but God in his infinite wisdom I don't understand it don't, don't I could come up with some theological explanation but really I don't understand it. But I do know this, that God responds to faith. Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever comes to him must believe that he is and that he rewards those who diligently, or, you know, people that are sleeves rolled up seeking him. He rewards those people. So I believe it's, you know, man, I've got to be a person of faith. I choose faith. I choose over, in my mind, over the realm of doubt and unbelief. I choose faith. I choose to believe. There's many times when people have said, you know, we bought 10 acres in the center, in our middle of our community. It's like, could we afford it as a church? No. But it was like, God, I believe this is what you're saying. And as he opened doors, we went through and we kept walking.
And we kept walking. And it's like there were people, there were pastors around us saying, you're in over your head. This is crazy, you know. It's like, and people stood back waiting for it to fall over. I felt the seasons when I was so out, you know, you talk about being on the edge of the branch. I was walking on air. But God is faithful. And God responds to faith. And he's brought us through. And we have an incredible facility today because we stood out in faith. So faith releases authority in our lives and in the lives of people around us. Jesus was able to say he knew who he was. And he's able to say, get up, pick up your mat, go home. It's audacious faith. The man obeyed. See, faith transformed lives. Transforms us. It's taken me from a nothing person to something in the kingdom of God. And it's only through him. It's, it's all about him. And in me, I've got nothing. But in him, I've got everything. Amen. It transforms faith. When we are a people of faith, we can see transformation happen. Thanks so much for watching. If you'd like to know more, click on these links below. Be safe, be blessed, and we'll see you next week.